0: Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. If you use a smart speaker, you can always ask Alexa to enable the SOS radio skill. It's funny how you see a quote from the Bible like a hundred different times. Then the next time you notice something totally different that you've never seen or read in it before. We're talking about when that's happened to us with Jay Payleitner today at SOS radio. How are you? Scott, what a privilege
1: to hang out with you. You are awesome and your listeners know that. You don't need to be told that, I bet.
0: You know, it's funny because we take verses out of context and we don't even realize it so many times. It's funny. It's like you'll say things like, oh, these are the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you. And, which is true and is a principle in the Bible, but isn't necessarily the promise that we want to make it sometimes when you read the context of verses like that. The scripture moments we have on refrigerator magnets and bumper
1: stickers and posters. But here's the big question. When you look at those verses, do you know the next verse? Surprisingly, uh, I don't, and I kind of realized that I I didn't, and that kind of what turned me on to write this book.
0: Oh, well, it's funny because like we were talking about Jeremiah twenty nine eleven a minute ago, right? And we just claim that one, and we love to share that one when we have a friend who's going through trouble. But the other part around that verse is saying, okay, you know, I have plans for you, and He's speaking to the the Israelites that were exiled to Babylon and they're all praying like, Lord, come back, like push Nebuchadnezzar out. And he's saying, yeah, so I have plans for you, but buckle up because it's going to be about 70 years. So have families, you know, build homes, like dig in and get involved because you're going to be here for a while, but then I'm going to redeem something. But it's probably going to be like your kids and your grandkids that are going to do it.
1: Well, again, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. for I know the plans I have for you. That just makes a beautiful plaque because you're like, oh, God's going to reveal my plans to me. But you know what? First off, they're not going to be your plans. They're going to be God's plans. So they may kick you in the teeth. <laughs> and second, it might not come to fruition for weeks and weeks or months or years or years or decades or to the next generation. But Jeremiah 29:13 does have another great verse that we kind of know. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart. And Scott, that's not part of your heart. That's all your heart. Isn't it funny how two verses, they juxtapose against each other. It's a kind of a little bit of a contradiction. It kind of makes you think a little deeper. And, And that's what I got a chance to do 60 times. This book was a blast to write because it was convicting in that I started to play a game with myself. If I saw a verse on a wall or bumper stickers like, Jay, Jay, do you know the next verse? And so often I didn't. And so that's why uh, the book is kind of a challenge. It was a challenge to me to write, and I hope it's a challenge for folks to read as well.
0: You know, when we talk to our kids about putting some God time on their schedules or carving out, you know, 10 minutes to pray somewhere in their crazy busy day between school and soccer practice and acting class and cheerleading and all of that, you know, they come back and they're like, okay, hey, I, I try to read the Bible, but it's kind of boring or I don't really understand it. If your kids say that, trust me, you're not alone. I'm Scott on SWS radio. We're talking with Jay Pay Leitner. He's an author. It's interesting because when we think about our kids and we want to change challenge them to dig into God's Word. It's not just for the reading, but it's to get to know the heart of God. And you know, it is intimidating. I,
1: I get that. When a teenager or even grown-ups like you and me, we, we look at that big book with the black binding, the black leather-bound binding, it's like, man, that's pretty intimidating. But if you find a nugget, read that nugget, and then keep going. Too often, we stop too soon. We stop reading before the, the picture comes into focus. My wife does puzzles. And I tell you, she she throws all those pieces out on the table and starts putting it together. And I want no part of it at the beginning because (laughs) I can't even see what's going on, the whole thing. But when she gets about two-thirds of the way through, I'll come over and start working with her on it because... When the puzzle pieces start to come together in a picture puzzle or in Scripture, it is so beautiful. It's like, oh, yeah, I get it now. So um, keep going. If you see a nugget that makes you feel good, keep going, because there might be a deeper challenge behind it.
0: What do you think is a better way to encourage our kids to dig in and read through the Bible? It's like, where do you start when you don't really feel like you know a whole lot?
1: Most homes of your listeners have a little scripture here and there uh, on a refrigerator magnet or a welcome mat and live with that. But with your kids especially, let them know that there's a little, there's more that they don't yet realize. So you have to live it very specifically trying to get your kids to read the Bible. You got to reflect that in your life. They need to see you read the Bible. They need to see how it impacts your life. They need to be able to hear you say, man, I was just reading the other day about grace. You know what? It's, It's, you could tell us to your teenager for a while there, I thought I kind of had to work my way and earn my way into heaven, but it's so awesome that Jesus has, uh, has opened that door for me, you know, in a way that they can understand, and they'll nod their head and scratch their head and go, really? Mom, Dad, are you, are, are you kidding me? And, but again, if your life reflects that, then they'll go, I want what he has. I want what my mom and dad have. I want what my dad has. I know they've messed up, but at the end of it, there's some sense to who they are, and it makes sense.
0: You know, if you follow Jesus for a while, you probably have a handful of verses or quotes from the Bible that have moved you to a stronger place in your faith, and we're talking about like digging into the next verse after that. We're talking with Jay Payleitner today at SWS Radio. He's an author. It's funny because, you know, you'll see John 3.16 on everything from Tim Tebow's eye black back in the day to, you know, friends that have it tattooed on their arm, and it's funny because the other day I was playing a Zach Williams song, and it's talking about how there's only love in the Father's eyes. and someone called in and said, "Hey, you know, Scott, I kind of have a problem with the message of that song. You know that there's only love in the Father's eyes. Well, there's also judgment, and there's also grace, and there's also, and I'm like, yes, 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 and yes. But the premise is based off of John three sixteen, right? Oh, golly, Scott, you are exactly right, and I'm glad you took that phone call.
1: God bless that listener. John 3.16, we all know it. I almost don't even have to read it out loud. God loving the world and giving his son and having eternal life. And it's wonderful. You know, who knows when somebody holds that end zone of a football game, John 3.16. God can use that. No doubt about it. God can use that to touch hearts. But do you know the next verse? Because John 3.17 and 18 isn't about God's love. Ultimately, it is because God loves the world. But it's about condemnation. Whoever does not believe stands condemned already. That's John 3.18. Condemned already? Wow, that kind of proves that Jesus is on a rescue mission here for us. But you're right, you can't have grace unless you also have judgment to those who don't live under grace.
0: And I think the gist of what Zach Williams is saying in that song is read through John 3.16, and you understand the love in the Father's eyes, as he's looking at your past, but John 3.17 says, For God didn't send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So it's like, well, okay, yeah, read through it, understand it, and go, okay, wait, I'm being redeemed from this. And then, so yes, there is only love in the Father's eyes because he's forgiven me from that, and the grace is what covers our sins, not the works.
1: My little book, the next verse, has 60 of our favorite Bible passages and I chose John 3.16 as chapter 1, and then, again, moving into the next verse. But uh, I found a whole bunch of very fun verses that uh, folks have, again, on their walls and on their welcome mats. I just talked to somebody uh, last week that has Joshua 24.15, literally on their welcome mat, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I guarantee, Scott, that quite a few of you listeners have that in their house someplace, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. But do you know the next verse? That's Joshua's farewell. Of course, we know that Joshua took over from Moses and got the Israelites into the, into the Promised Land. But he's 110 years old, and he assembles all the tribes of Israel at, at, I guess, Shechem it is. And then he reminds them, he spends several verses reminding them of the history of God's faithfulness you know Abraham and Isaac and he talks about Jacob and the parting of the Red Sea and crossing the desert and the promised land and then after that he goes okay there's been idol worship over the years and then Joshua 24:15 it's like there's been idol worship then he goes as for me and my family as for me and my house we will serve the Lord and the very next verse wonderfully the people reply we would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods <laughs> that sounds really great. So what yeah, you, what keep you,
0: reading, yeah. right?
1: <laughs> and Joshua goes, well, okay, I hear you, but I know you also. And so two more times he asks them, okay, now, well, here's what's going on. Life's going to go on. Idols are going to be there. And oh, they say, no, 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 we will serve the Lord. And you can just kind of imagine the sea of people going, we will serve the Lord. And so Joshua, you know, dies a happy man, they they bury him, and that's the last chapter in Joshua. But then, son of a gun, you turn to the next book of the Bible, Judges, and about three pages in... You get like two chapters in! (laughs) Those rascally, rascally Israelites are worshipping idols again. So, here's the point, I guess. If you have that wonderful verse cross-stitched on your wall or a little, little wooden plaque, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, that's not a warm statement. That is saying to you, who are your idols? When you see that, ladies and gentlemen, when you see that, say, who are my idols? Will I worship them? What am I truly worshiping? And so it's not a statement of faith. It's a question. Will you serve the Lord? Will, are you really serving the Lord? And that's, again, the next verse, Joshua 24:16. Read the next verse.
0: Posting memes, it could get us in trouble if we don't actually understand the context. We're talking with Jay Payleitner today at Swiss Radio and... You say in your book, before you quote it, before you cross stitch it or leave it on a voicemail, commit to actually reading the next verse. And, you know, it's funny. One of those for me was when the writer of Hebrews is talking about, for the word of God is alive and active, like sharper than a double edged sword. It penetrates, even dividing soul and spirit and joints and marrow. You know, it's so fun when you think like that, like, oh, yeah, God's word is like this sword. It's going to cut through everything. But then I stopped there, right in the middle of the part that's about to convict. To me because it says and it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of your heart. It's like boom. We love that idea, don't we? Some sinner's gonna
1: walk in front of me and do something or say something, and I'm gonna whip out the sword of the spirit and slash them. But really, it's a two-edged sword, which means one edge is facing the bad guys and the other side, the other edge is facing you, my friend. We all know that Hebrews uh, four twelve. But the second half of Hebrews 4.12, it's not even the next verse, it's the same verse. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and then it turns back on us. It exposes, the sword of the spirit, exposes our own innermost thoughts and desires. Scott, before you wield that sword against somebody else, you know that it's going to cut into your own thoughts and own desires. And that uh, can be a little dicey sometimes. Uh, and there'll be, There may be some blood there. But okay, God will heal your wounds.
0: Well, what do you suggest for parents that are trying to get their kids plugged in at church and you try to, you know, get them to wake up on Sunday morning. and They want to do anything other than get up at eight o'clock. And, you know, you try to get them to go to youth group on Wednesday nights, and it's every other excuse. Oh, I actually rather do homework tonight, or oh, I'm supposed to jump on Fortnite or you know Apex or whatever with my friends at, at seven thirty, and so I can't go. And then they push back on all of that. Like, what do you suggest for parents that are trying to lead their kids? you know, closer to Jesus to put some things on the calendar, build some of those discussions in when your kids just kind of feel like apathetic towards it?
1: You know what? It has to be about relationship, ultimately relationship with Jesus, relationship with friends and family members. And you got to be able to drop your kids off at youth group kind of things. And they have to look forward to that because they have relationships with awesome teachers or volunteers or even friends and hold each other accountable. I know my kids going through a lot of that stuff. They make lifelong friends at those middle school retreats and high school stuff. So that would be a question to ask when they come home. Make sure that, you know what, if your church doesn't have a program that engages kids with peers and makes it not always fun, not not always just the goofy fun stuff, but learn to love each other and care about each other. There's something there that's it's kind of magic that Jesus gets into those relationships. That's the key, I think, to get, getting your kids staying involved even before and after they receive Christ as their Savior.
0: Well, we're talking with Jay Payleitner today at SWS Radio, and his new book is called The Next Verse. It's what you never knew about 60 of your favorite Bible passages. Essentially, if you're walking away with anything today, before you just quote that verse that you say all the time, ask, what's the next line? What's the next verse and what does it say? Because a lot of times it reframes the entire context. (laughs) Thanks, Jay.
1: I'm going to challenge your listeners. Go to Romans 3.23, Micah 6.8, Matthew 7.1, Romans 8.31. These are verses you know, and go ahead and read that next verse. You're
0: good to go. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio Podcast. If you enjoy the discussion, give it a five-star rating in your app store. The way the technology works, your ratings really help spread the word.